0: Two, one, Alright, hello everybody,
1: and welcome to Hold My Bread. I am Matt Marcus, and this is Jordan Hospital. Hello, breadheads, gather round! It is time to join the gluten gang. You are listening to Hold My Bread, the seven thousand nine hundred fifty-eight dollar twenty-one cent podcast. We are. Down, 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 down below the Dow, below all the town. When I check my bank, I'm gonna frown. It is a bloodbath out there today, but we are fine with it. My fiance is home. Hello, beautiful. But hey, I'm still feeling optimistic. I'm back to my winning ways, which is not doing much, to be honest with you. (laughs)
0: yeah the uh everything is is tanking currently. uh I feel like we record and then things are going well and then we like record a week later and everything has just bricked.
1: but i I'm at peace with it because it's the Robo advisor. I mean, you're out here, you're playing dangerous, but i, I I've been set free. And I've been imprisoned by one piece of information this past few months. And it might be changing everything for me from a financial perspective. What is that information? Sure. I bought a B. I bought a BA2 Plus financial calculator. Oh, can I see it? Yep, you can see it right there. Oh, all right. It's a nice... The BA2
0: Plus, not the BA2 yeah. Basic.
1: No, no, it's just, I I don't even know if there is a basic because everything's bigger in Texas, you know? So it's a Texas instrument. So it's inherently a plus.
0: Yeah, uh, it's funny. Did you have to, when you were in high school, did you have to buy like a TI 83, one of those fancy calculators?
1: No, but I got one. There was a Mario game on it that was very enjoyable. Um, I know we have the listeners here. It might be funny to, to hear me talk about math every week. I failed math in high school. I was playing that Mario game on my calculator. I was like drawing Scott Bayo as a bit for my classmates. And I was feuding with a sign language interpreter who later turned out to be a, you know, someone interested in child pornography because every sign language interpreter at my high school, I think they went down in like this kitty porn bust. It was some wild stuff, but you know, I had a nice track record of like feuding with people during high during like adolescence who turned out to be pedophiles.
0: You were right the whole time. I, I never was uh, smart enough to need a calculator of that level in in math class in high school. So I-, I I remember, you know, seeing all all my friends like using the TI-84s and all that and the TI-83s and they are like, "We have a graphing calculator." And I'm like, "I'm failing the math where we don't need that. So I definitely don't need that."
1: But I digress and I say my life is over, I've made all the decisions I need to make, because I think it was Einstein who said the greatest creation in the history of humanity was compound interest. And with the help of my BA two plus, I am able to figure out what 8% a year gets me. What's it get you? It gets me a whole new life, baby. All I need to sit still, is to do is just sit still not mess up anything and keep living cheap and easy and then i'm in houseboat territory my dude (laughs) houseboat the goal is a houseboat huh no but the goal is you don't want to play volatile you don't want to go fast and loose because once you get to a certain scale money begets money and that eight percent it extends all the way down because like this is it's the power of like you know just setting aside a couple hundred dollars every month So,
0: I mean, it's, you're right. That's we've talked about it before this podcast, but you know, the rich get richer sort of thing where it's like, you have to have a certain amount of money to be able to play at certain tables, to be able to take advantage of certain things. And I think once you hit that point, if you are, you know, more uh, conservative, I think you can, like you said, you know, get your 8% returns. And, uh, that's how people, you know, maintain.
1: And also I'll get killed on my taxes. So I can't do anything with my money. Really? We have the money we play with in our portfolio, but there's so many share like I'm so invested in all my things like I do think I just want to be patient and just kind of watch how the next few months go now that I know this little bit of math and um because it, it's kind of cool. Like I've been figuring out how to figure out a st- what a stock price should be just from like the dividend payment and the growth rate. And I'm going to do this on a reflex. So I'm getting into some wild math stuff. I've come a long way from feuding with the. Uh, those who were there to aid the death
0: right those pedophiles that were there to aid the death
1: yeah i mean i just telling tales out of school i didn't mean to sidetrack that whole story with like a pedophile tangent and like no, okay. obviously obviously that is down. but that is probably a more interesting part of the story than i have a calculator
0: <laughs> yes absolutely I mean it's you got to find ways to spice up calculator talk it's not there's not a lot of happening
1: yeah like I'm telling this story about a calculator and what I learned from it and like the backstory is like yeah there was this ring of you know sign language knowing child pornographers and that's just like a part of the backstory you move on from that that might be the real story
0: sign language knowing pedophiles sounds <laughs> like a villain in a movie
1: hey it's true I mean I bet that's how they communicated cuz only maybe the deaf turned him in okay um (laughs)
0: uh well so we've had a how was your week last week did you have a good uh i mean i guess this week how how are you doing i mean no
1: i've i've been in hell i have been i've i've never suffered like i suffered on tuesday evening So I think I talked about it. I had the botched piece of uh, dentistry done to me Uh and that happened because I feuded with my dentist right as the procedure went down. (laughs) He told me he was a Green Bay Packers fan and he loved Aaron Rodgers. I did inform him that he was a gay man using his relationships as a springboard to greater celebrity and inherent cash flows. And then he messed up my tooth. So I needed it fixed. I had a five hour root canal. And the have you ever had one of those, Matt?
0: Absolutely not.
1: Oh my gosh, the experience, cause I had to go to like a, a different dentist to fix it. And there was just this process that was the nerve like healing itself. So I had these waves of pain on Tuesday night that just had me almost screaming. And I, the only thing that calmed it was I had to have water in my mouth. So I had to hold water in my mouth the whole night i was up to like 6 a.m it hurt so bad went to bed next morning absolutely fine no pain since
0: wow that's i mean yeah i've been lucky enough to not have to have one of those um but i've, I've i mean that's one of those things with even as a kid i remember growing up and seeing cartoons root canals you don't want to have a root canal they're brutal five hours were you awake the whole time
1: yeah i was awake the whole time it was intense and i went to nyu dentistry because they have like the best equipment, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, it just so happened that, you know, you have to have students work on you and the guy couldn't, it wasn't that it was just, they pulled my gums back to such an insane degree. There was a little bit of bruising all over. And then there was a thing, the whole system was just like, You hit it with the electricity. It was just every pain signal in my brain was just going crazy.
0: Right. When you were in the chair, you could feel yourself being like, oh, this is a student.
1: Yeah, but that wasn't even that bad. I was just sitting there like I would literally as the water evaporated, I would feel this wave of pain come on. And it would just grow in intensity till I had to scream or take another sip of water. I'd never felt anything like it
0: that's terrifying well you know i'd be i i'm on i'm on top of brushing my teeth and flossing my teeth but uh you really this story has got me as soon as we're done recording i'll be in the bathroom just brushing away
1: yeah it was a fucking horror film dude i could not believe it i'm 6 3 i'm 220 i've blown out knees i've broken bones i've been just fine this had me laid out i could not think
0: i um Yeah. I don't envy that, but
1: dual, did you have a,
0: uh, so what day was this? Did you have this done? You had this done last week or this week?
1: I had it done this Monday. It wasn't that bad. Uh, It happened to
0: 420. That's what I'm getting to.
1: Yeah. And then 420, like whatever, man, I had three appointments. I did, I did couples therapy. I did physical therapy on my knee. I met with my math tutor. I called my godson on his birthday. Then I took a final, and then as soon as i finished up with that my tooth st- i got the worst pain of my life it was in oh. just an exhausting day and it's just like oof, i am i am at the finish line my life needs to change i'm ready for this summer i'm ready for this second vaccination i'm ready for school to be downhill
0: yeah you're ready for ready to I'm, dare i say ready to coast a little bit
1: maybe but you know what um there's a lot of opportunities out there and just to update the people i did not go through on my coinbase play i probably would have played pulled the trigger but because of the i think i talked about it last week because of the staggered release in here with the direct listing it went out at a different time i had a limit order in and it just didn't go through so thankfully for that, I came out on top of that one. But I do think that portfolio, so I got the other portfolio that's not linked to us, but I wanted, to, I did have ENRT, I did have AITX. So I went, I went long on AITX. I threw the chunk at it and they're getting some airport contracts coming in. They've had some big news. So it's it's been good to me this week. And I think there is a correlation because you made money last week, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I made a lot of money last week actually, but it was all on Dogecoin.
1: That's yeah. All, and, that's all it was. And I think when you make money, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's making me bolder. maybe I have that jealousy in the moment and I do something that's out of my habits. I just need that push. I tend to make money not at the same time, but a week after. Yeah. So That's what happened with GameStop initially. And that that happened again this week.
0: Well, um, wait. So what? Oh, you, you mean your AITX is what you made money on?
1: Yeah, I mean, it went up. I just and it's kind of the same thing as your Doge. I mean, you have an insane amount of these securities that, like, even the slightest fluctuation, a couple cents, is yeah. I mean, you you see it go like crazy.
0: Yeah, it's insane. I mean, it was that. Uh, you know, we I know some of our listeners hate, hate Doge, and they're not a fan of when we talk about it. Uh, but it, it's so insane to just look at. You know, Doge was like six cents, seven cents just a couple of weeks ago. And it's, I mean, it's falling today. It's really dropped a lot today, but it's just so insane.
1: And I think we want to, I think there's another conversation and I think I might be come off as a little bit of a hypocrite here, but my feelings on Doge have kind of changed, you know, because I I made money on it. I had fun holding in it. It was an interesting Reddit to be a part of. But the more I invested, it kept pulling me in and it kept taking my energy and it was a kind of a compulsive thing where I was just into it, into it, into it. And I stepped back and last weekend, like when it was doing its big burst, like you were around, Rufat was around, like it just had, it was on everyone's lips so Uh much. There was all this mental energy. Yeah. And... Meanwhile, I think it's just making a lot of big fish a lot of coin.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't I don't disagree because it's like people you know, we talked to a couple people that are like, I made eighty dollars, I made a hundred dollars, and if you look at that in in as far as like there's people that became millionaires over over the last couple of days because of Doge alone. So it's interesting to see that just the small the smaller fish making money but you know it's the really the big name people that have millions of dollars of it are really making making bank.
1: And I think it, there's something about it that reminds me of the sneaker industry actually. Is that is that weird to say? Because No, I can see that. You have this consumer energy, people have their own little profits, but it drives up the the value equity of just The thing that's being sold, it props that up. And those who have have like a little bit of advantage in the distribution or got in early, all of a sudden have all the revenue in the world to play with thanks to how this thing's set up.
0: Yeah. And it's very, I mean, it feels to me, if people would say it feels like a scam and and I understand why people say it feels very, very Ponzi schemey or very pyramid schemey in that, you know, it's like I I have it very low. I've been I've been very lucky as far as when I got in and the amount I got in for and all that. And so I'm, you know, I'm cruising. Um, and therefore, I'm obviously a big advocate for it because, you know, the more people that buy it, the more it goes up and all that stuff. So whenever people ask me, it's like, I'm obviously like, you should definitely do it. But it, there is part of me that feels a little schemy where I'm like, I kind of feel, you know, I'm not playing at the level that, you know, these, these big name people were talking about, but I'm definitely playing at a level where it's like, I'm a little bit, I feel a little bit of like a shyster a little bit when I'm like, yeah, let's definitely get some, you know?
1: And I think it is a little Ponzi scheme ish, you know, because the dirty thing it, that happens is that your investor energy is being harnessed for someone else's purpose. Like, We don't know who's behind this market. It's a market that just was kind of juxtaposed onto something we could go to on our phones. And that's sort of similar to, I mean, everything that's going on with sneakers and Bitcoin and crypto. And it's just like we have this energy to trade. We have a false value system that is just kind of there because people need something to do on their phones.
0: Well, you, but you, I think the way you said it is kind of like sneakers is very, very accurate though, because, you know, sneaker, the sneaker culture and sneaker reselling is inherently based on, on, is this shoe hyped and do people care about this shoe or not? You know, shoes come out all the time and certain ones are valued for certain reasons. And there's some that come out that just get, you know, that look like they're going to be hyped or they think they're going to be hyped. People buy them up and then the value isn't there. Um... So that's yeah, And just
1: and by by allowing their product to be subjected to the free market. They've just kind of created a world where people line up to buy their products as they come out. Like it's the will of the people. It's their coordinated efforts that kind of assure that this company's processes won't fail. And that's right there with Dogecoin. I see the richest man in the world tweeting about this thing. Everybody everybody buying in and like he says March. The world is going at his army, at his beck and call. Like it's pretty wild out there, dog.
0: Right. Well, and then you have Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban is letting people pay for things with Dogecoin and
1: which further legitimizes it. And it's just like, it's the shared information. It's the synchronicity of the goal. And it's the legitimization by this kind these kind of like tech oligarchs that, you know, just by the more people that buy, buy in, the more money's made.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we all, I mean, we don't need to harp on Dogecoin anymore. I'm sure our listeners are tired of hearing about it, but I'm very excited. I mean, it's been tanking uh, the last couple of days, but compared to where it was, it's definitely nothing to complain about. Uh, and you did bring up Coinbase. Coinbase is interesting because they IPO'd at uh, about, where they opened up at, 350, 330?
1: Yeah, they were, I think I saw as high as 450. And the day before it was speculated to be about 250. And it did kind of go down. It bucked a industry-wide trend where just ipos regardless of how likely they were to meet their valuations just kind of doubled no matter what
0: yeah and they're currently sitting at two eighty-nine forty-nine right now so uh it doesn't look like they're and it's kind of like rebounded towards the end a slight little bit so um i do think coinbase is something that's worth looking into down the line but i think it's if you held off on that i think it was a good call
1: yeah cuz once you really gotten to what the valuations were like it just didn't make pragmatic sense to me.
0: Right. And we all knew it was going to be I mean it was super hyped going in. We all knew that the hype was going to was going to peak and then it was going to settle a little bit and and I think that's what we're seeing and I think that's what happened. So um and then we also, uh, I, the reason I brought up 420, it's the first 420. I feel like the last couple of episodes, we've talked about weed and Dogecoin so much, but 420, it's the first 420 in New York since it's been legalized. Uh, I did a show in the park. It was very, very nice, very fun to be outside. Beautiful day. Um, but it's interesting to see how every 420 that passes, more places have legalized. It's becoming more and more um, acceptable. You know, you had Chuck Schumer tweeting out about it and all that.
1: And I think we don't know where these weed companies are truly heading with it. I think there is probably a corporate agenda and I think there is a way that it's gonna develop with live events in an interesting way. Like New, New York City, Las Vegas, we've yet to see anywhere truly track, like crack the tourist code with this in America, similar to Amsterdam. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for like in just in general, the experiential like part of the process is very valuable. So I can't wait to see that become part of the marijuana conversation.
0: Well, I mean, I would have to disagree a little bit, though, because I feel like Denver has kind of done that. Now, I have not experienced any of these things, so I can't speak from experience, but I have heard from people that are the kind of person, cause I think a certain type of per- person is involved, is interested in the, as far as like weed tourism goes. And I think with Denver, I've heard stories of people that are, you know, would go to Denver. A guy I used to work with went to Denver, got picked up in a limo. They drove them to these, like, they took them on these tours of these facilities and they, and they did all this stuff. And then they, you know, they were allowed to buy things at the end of the tour. And then they took them to these cool places and they got to eat and smoke and all this stuff. So I do think that's out there. Um, but it is, it will be interesting to see because New York is obviously such a tourist spot that it will be interesting to see how New York leans into that. Because, but I do think Denver has kind of, um, it's, I, I agree, it's not like Amsterdam, certainly not, but I do, I do think Denver has kind of become a destination, uh, for that
1: counterpoint. I've never been to Denver.
0: Oh, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta get you to Denver. You'd love it out there. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, yeah. So I haven't been to Denver, but, I do think like back to my just original theses i love those indexes i don't like the individual stocks this is a growth sector I, you know the industry is gonna just explode over the next couple decades so that's why i like all these indexes as opposed to other things and like mj like we've seen i know i've talked about that security a lot on this show but we've seen legalization measures pass in like a lot of like highly populated, like commercially driven states and the stocks below where it was around election day.
0: Yeah, they're in. Well, and I'm looking right now at the growth, the numbers as far as like the the weed stocks. And, you know, like you said, you're more of a, uh, you know, buy a, a an, what'd you say? And not, did you say ETF? Or, is that what it is?
1: In index funds, ETFs, like there's lots of options where it's just a lot of them bound together. And like, it's just it makes more sense to buy something that's just two of any stocks, right? Because like, that's another part of the math I've been doing. It's like the risk. As soon as you bind two stocks together, your risk of your portfolio goes down so much. So you just have that kind of standard guaranteed return, similar to That that 8% we're talking about earlier. Right. Uh, And it is interesting to see because I feel like uh,
0: we've talked about this again, but the weed industry and and Bitcoin and all that stuff and and Dogecoin and crypto and all that stuff is so early um, that there's still time for like uh, Tilray and Afira. Um, They announced plans to merge back in December. And Tilray was like an individual pot stock that I had bought. And then um, what was it? There was another company... um, that just bought they just bought one of their main competitors i had it written down here i can't find it but um canopy growth and Kronos and um there's a brand that's owned but like a parent company of marlboro that is a, a weed company and they've all they're all up um 10 percent uh if not more um lately like so it's like pot stocks are definitely feeling the heat from the, uh, from the legalization here in New York. I think it's slower to catch on and I don't think it's as crazy as people expect it to be but it's definitely moving in the right direction.
1: And similar to like just what we're talking about in terms of Dogecoin serving a, serving the broader interests, doesn't this kind of make it where the people making money off marijuana are now the executives and the, you know, people who create the supply chains and the people who underwrite the securities rather than the people who bike around and deliver it.
0: Yeah, of so, course. I mean, so uh,
1: where where where's that job where anyone can make a couple grand in a week doing manual labor and customer service? That's disappeared and that ain't being replaced anywhere else in, in the economy, maybe with like the only fans or the direct to consumer shit, but like from a populist perspective, yeah, it's cool that marijuana is being legalized, that people are being freed, but, you know, it is just, you kind of just let, let's let recognize the piece of the pie that's floating away at the same time.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, it's like anything like this. It's like, there's the, 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 the whole, without getting into like a huge discussion on like morality and all that stuff, but it's like, if you look at like all the people of color that have been had their lives destroyed by marijuana, and then now you look at the inverse of that, where it's like, in the next couple of years, we're going to see, you know, people become richer than they already are off of the backs of people that uh, are are working hard, making not nearly as much money. As, and it's like this with every industry, I think, but it's just like so glaring with with something like ma- uh, marijuana, to me.
1: Yeah, you just see the rules being set as they're put into play. Right. So, I mean, it's just its just one thing to think about. I think on the whole, it's probably a positive, but that's the way the world works. We talk about finances and, you know, maybe at the end of the day, once things are bought and sold for value, the mechanics stay pretty simple.
0: Right. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it's moving slowly, but it's definitely, it's definitely moving. And, uh, you know, weed stocks are still in the infancy. They're not going anywhere um did you uh we've got do we have neo still in our portfolio
1: we do not we have Churchill capital the company that killed the specs
0: yeah we were so hyped on them i almost want to go back and listen to our own episode because we were so hyped and then a couple days later it was like even even we were like oh my god we are so right about this and it kept climbing and climbing and climbing and then it peaked and then now it's just been dropping in the it just in the shitter
1: Yeah, but it is a long term stock right there. And I think we've maybe been on the wrong side of some market manipulation a few times, like Churchill Capital was the poster child for the SPAC movement. And like, I don't really understand why it took the nosedive right when the merger happened, right when they're getting this cash infusion, right? That it's going to be sellable in a sector that's going crazy. But you know what I did notice, Matt? in the months that followed the merger unexpectedly tanking, the spec market is gone down considerably. There's so much less speculation. The population participating in them is severely declined and it's hard not to see a correlation there.
0: Right, absolutely. I mean, it's it only stands to reason, you know, that that's gotta be, there's definitely tied, it's tied, it's gotta be tied, how could it not be? What else would it, I mean, obviously there's other factors, but that's gotta, it's too much to ignore.
1: Yeah, and like, since we have so much of it, like, I mean, it's still like a really nice long-term play and it's gonna kinda go hand in hand with the Biden infrastructure bill. So there are some long-term goals for it. It's like, you might as well hold on and let it develop. I don't think we're gonna see the bottom. Plus the rumors of the Apple partnership alone Make me bullish.
0: Right. And they, I mean, the lucid hasn't even, they haven't even released their first vehicle. Um, and I, uh, don't know much about the auto industry, but I'm sure that it's been highly, you know, heavily dominated by a few big names, uh, so I'm sure it's not an—it's definitely not an easy market to break into, if not one of the more difficult markets to break into. Plus, you've got Tesla, the leading uh, EV companies, but they haven't even released their um their own their car yet. And uh, I mean, if they can do that and they can do it well, unlike uh, you know, unless they're rolling it down a hill to make it look like it's going, I think that that is that is going to be a turning point uh for the stock. And I think that's when we're going to finally, hopefully, see some. Some momentum. I think they're going to have a lot of resistance getting up there, but I do think that if they can, I think there's a lot of value in the stock.
1: And you know what? There are rumors of Lucid just being tied to the Saudi government and having like a fast track to being accepted by, you know, just the regional spending in that area. So, I mean, there could be forces in play that pull it back up to its previous heights.
0: Yeah. It is interesting though because it fell from sixty four eighty six to twenty forty in just a couple weeks, and it is like currently at almost nineteen. So, it's a bit discouraging. But uh, I think you know, getting into EV stocks and all that is that's to be expected. I mean, again with NEO, I I, I have uh, I sold my NEO back when the original GameStop stuff was popping off. But my girlfriend bought NEO, and she is uh, not happy with how it's been performing, to say the least. So.
1: Hasn't there been a shift in investor energy like GameStop started hitting Bitcoin started hitting like the energy shifted from the EV sector and that's where a lot of it was like last summer Uh early parts of that as it started getting cold and it just seems like we saw more negative volatility happen once that occurred. Right, I uh, that is interesting because it's like we did. I mean, a couple, you know, if
0: you listened to the podcast a year ago, I bet we're talking completely different about. And you could probably hear it in our voices how we're speaking differently about EVs and and Neo specifically.
1: Yeah, it's, a year ago you listened to this podcast. It's just me talking about investing in three M.
0: I uh, well, I mean, but the, the, I you know I've read some things that are like their Neo is going to try and expand. They're trying to expand out into I think it's Europe. I think they are supposedly going to release quarter one quarter one earnings on April 29th, um, Which I, I, the things I've read that Neo earnings are supposed to be fairly optimistic. I think they're you know there is like still superconductor uh, shortages and there's all these you know um, manufacturing issues that I think they've been able to somewhat. Uh, overcome and and I think hopefully earnings will come out. Hopefully we'll see a little spike there. I think there's again. I think you know not to beat a dead horse, but I do think there's or not to repeat myself. Whatever, but I do think there's a lot of value in Neo still. I obviously, like you said, I think we were on the wrong end of some things. I think we were on the wrong end with <laughs> Churchill. I think we might have been on the wrong end with Neo, but that's not to say that these are going to go to zero and they're not. There's not value in there. At least. That's I see value. I could be obviously, you know, this is just my thoughts. I don't
1: know. Yeah, And I think we're seeing a lot of things tank right now because we probably don't realize on a consumer level, but these global supply chains are pretty disrupted. So manufacturing anything like we, I mean, the kind of difficulties in in the profit margins that kind of come with the COVID and the shipping related. And even that canal shit is like, Something that has huge global ramifications. That hasn't really been baked into the stock price prior to now. So that is something I'm looking for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that whole, that, that, the, the, the Suez Canal, that ship being turned sideways. I mean, that was like a huge, huge deal. And I think, you know, the average person walking on the street sees that and they're like, yes, this is bad. You know, this, this is, uh, it's a meme. Some people think it's, some people don't even understand, but it's like, that is the kind of thing where it's like, I think that is going to ripple effect for the rest of the year. You know, that's going to affect a lot for a while. And we might still be just now feeling the effects of that, honestly. I mean, obviously, I'm not smart enough to know that for sure. But in my mind, I feel like there's no way we're not still feeling the effects or maybe even just beginning to feel the effects of how well, much that truly delayed things.
1: Yeah, and in the supply chain like kind of logic, the two most devastating things that can happen are bullwhip and bottleneck effects, where you just you can't do the next step because you can't get rid of the task at hand. And like those issues kind of compound exponentially where you know, with every day, it probably influences one, two, three, four steps beyond. So it touches things beyond it. So, right. I mean, I'm having my wedding date delayed by it. So if my little old life is being disrupted by these global issues, I mean, yeah, every stock in our portfolio is down today. I mean, that's probably one of the factors affecting the market at large.
0: Definitely. Um, And then I've heard, I've been... It's wild because I feel like I've I've really I've kind of um, I don't know I'm not lost touch but I haven't just been I haven't been as on in my investing information as much but because I've been so focused on Doge I've been so focused on GameStop. There's this talk of all this this GameStop pop that's supposed to happen again, and I don't know if you've been checking the, checking Reddit at all, but I mean I bought more GameStop I I I've seen people buying GameStop left and right, and it is interesting because they, this stock GameStop stock is, it's nothing like it's the company itself has like not a lot going for it. Um, and yet it has held steady at $149 since like, you know, March 8th to me, that's pretty insane. When you have all these other companies that are in the red and GameStop has been consistently holding steady, um, for a very long time. I mean, that's to me, that says something.
1: Yeah. But the hand of the market ultimately controls all in like GameStop. They have their earnings. They have their they have a change of ownership at hand. Mm-hmm. And like if you play this, there's going to be volatility to it because I mean, it's just the subject of a lot of like economic attention. You play that volatility right. You could make money. But at the same time, like I think that feeds into some of the other things I'm thinking about, it's like I know about money. I invest so I don't have to worry about money. And like when you choose to invest on these kind of speculative things, like you're also giving up the opportunity cost of peace of mind. And I think there is something to that. So like this GameStop play, yeah, you've been on it. Yeah, you've made money. But like think about the think about the amount of hours you've put into it since like December and think about that as like a wage, you know?
0: Right. You're absolutely right. Because like I said, I have really slacked on the rest of my investing, uh, stuff because I've been so focused and so, uh, just tunnel visioned on GameStop and Doge a little less on Doge because I can't really, you know, Doge is going to do what it's going to do, but there's all this speculation, so much speculation on this GameStop stuff as to when it's going to happen. When is it going to start? What needs to happen when it starts? So, I mean, I have my 15 shares of GameStop and, um, I mean, I'm obviously I'm hoping that that I'm and uh, that, hoping
1: and that's the model for you to be successful. But also also these companies like let's look at these past 10 years like people with your mindset are the people who got rich. It's that carrot is dangled, right? It's mm-hmm. Bitcoin. It's Tesla. It's whatever is next. And like if we were 10 years older, we'd probably include like Amazon and Apple there.
0: Right.
1: But like whoever buys in, whoever proselytizes, whoever just really believes in whatever's proffered as the next trend. Like, if you just take everything, if you just believe the marketing and buy in, that's how you got rich.
0: Right. It is interesting because it's like, and you know, it goes with like the hive mind of the internet. And, you know, I'm reading a lot of like confirmation bias sort of things. Um, but I also think it's like with this kind of stuff, the numbers, I mean, the stuff I'm reading, it's like, obviously, I'm not numbers are not my thing, but it's like, I can at least look at them and kind of realize when the numbers line up. And it's like, all this stuff looks good. And and I don't know, it might be the kind of thing where, do you remember when I first told you about GameStop, I think it was like forever ago and it took months for it to ever do anything. And it literally had cooled off to the point where I think we sold it off of our portfolio. We had it in the show's portfolio and we sold it and broke even. um, And it just took so long for that initial play. So I'm kind of prepared for that again.
1: Yeah, but like, look at it this way, you know, it's like, you're kind of similar to a lot of like retail investors, you got a little bit heavier last year, you went into this trend, you went into that trend, you followed the trends, right? Mm -hmm. And you made money. And as you made money, it kind of reinforced this habit of trading you have in like, your pattern of habits as a consumer was actually kind of shaped by all the whatever the trend was you know going upward right does that make sense i don't mean to like go matrix here but like it it, it, that's been a successful pattern for you and like when that thing comes now you're you buy into it and you're right about it but you kind of have that anticipation of oh it's here this is the play
0: right yeah i know you're absolutely right it's interesting because uh, we have, I mean, I s- said this earlier, but I think it's like, it is interesting to think about how this podcast has changed over the, uh, over the, over time and how my, I feel like I started to develop this kind of way of doing things and to see how it shifted and and changed. And I don't know, it's interesting.
1: Well, I mean, it's also like, you are the investor, you know, and it's just like, those habits, maybe they're ingrained for you. But like, you're kind of on the same journey as anyone who listened to this podcast of the average user of wall street bets. So it's like, you're, you're into that cycle. It works for you, but you know, moving forward, if you know the way you think you can evaluate that process. So there could be strength in just going like, yeah, this affected me
0: right that's great um well let's see i don't know if we have do we have anything else uh, to talk about we've been going for a little bit here you know i don't know i think we got everything that i had written down that i wanted to kind of cover
1: yeah i think uh we had a blast this was a lovely little episode and um we'll be out sometime next week and pleasure hanging with you maddie go support the patreon at hold my bread we are working for some prison stuff too don't we have not forgot about that um but yeah, it's uh, there's some logical next steps here, but um, I forgot my summer semester was expedited. So I probably won't do anything cool till July to be completely real with you guys. But come July, August, I'm gonna do some cool shit.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm doing um, I don't know. I'm not doing much. We're going to you know keep pumping out podcast episodes in May at the end of May. I'm doing the uh, Boise Comedy Festival in uh, Boise, Idaho. So if you're gonna yeah. be in, if you're gonna be in Idaho, it's uh, the salt, The early birds passes have already sold out. So they've already sold like 75 tickets. So and that's before they've announced headliners. So um, they're gonna announce headliners soon. So check that out. I will be in Boise. If you are living, if you live in Boise, if you live near Boise, come and see it. And um, that would be great um yeah i don't know follow me on instagram that's where i'm posting all my my shows and all that but that's about it so
1: yeah all you got to do is apologize for the uh, the ungendering of mr potato head affecting local idaho industry
0: yeah exactly that's where i'm going i'm going i'm not going to do comedy i'm going to find mr potato head and get his side of the story
1: hey you sell those genitals on conserv on etsy to conservatives there's money to be made let's do it bad <laughs> boys <laughs> that's right
0: Oh my god that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna custom make uh genitals for potato heads that come off and then you can put them on take them off whoever you want them to be that's exactly it yeah
1: yeah you you just directly lift, lifted my business money you said this is what i'm gonna do yeah that's a great well, idea you, we can right. partner with it go do it i'll figure out how to make them you just sell them yeah hold my bread
0: everybody don't steal the idea goodbye all right i gotta pee all right i will uh yeah i'll get this uploaded and all that